0: What if the governments of the world today told you that extraterrestrials are in regular engagement with the human species on planet Earth, and have been for potentially thousands of years? How would you react? Would you be afraid, excited, confused, or would you deny it? What if there were countless government investigations, official reports, first-hand observations, and official interviews with top-ranking government officials, all reinforcing the claim that not only do aliens exist, but they are here today on planet Earth. Would you believe it then? And what if these aliens had the capacity to travel at speeds we thought not possible, utilizing technologies we don't know exist, with the capacity to potentially solve any number of our planet's issues? Would you want to know then? Do you think we could handle it? Do you think it would bring us together or tear us apart as a species? When I was initially planning this episode to discuss extraterrestrials and UFOs, I thought about all the different components of this fascinating conversation that we could bring to the table. The theories about different species of aliens, the ideas on how they've influenced ancient cultures, its value on the entertainment industry, and just maybe the US government's hard-fought misinformation propaganda machine. But instead, I want to start at the ground level. Let me say this once and for all. Scientifically, statistically, we know we are not alone in this universe. But we can go a step further and say this. There are a number of government investigations surrounding unexplained aerial phenomenon, or UAP, the government's term for UFOs. From the FAA to the Department of Defense, there have been countless first-hand observations of UFOs with military pilots and personnel. There are entire departments in the DoD focused on tracking and researching UFOs. There are emails, official reports, statements, and interviews from top-ranking government officials, astronauts, and military personnel, again, stating time and time again, we are not alone, and we know it. I say this with a certain level of confidence because any less would give you the wrong impression. I know that probably makes any number of our listeners uncomfortable, and that's okay. But given the information we have available, perhaps it's time we move this conversation from the science fiction realms of the internet into the mainstream science and political conversations. Today we're going to go through it, and we're going to do our best to give you a certain level of confidence that this is, in fact, reality. We will also dig into why this is important, and why you should care, and have an opinion on the matter. So sit down and buckle up, because today, we're going out of this world. You're listening to Pennies, Nickels, and Dimes. Before we get down and dirty in this episode, we just wanted to take some time and thank you guys for hanging in there. Up until episode four, we will be disbanding after that. No, I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> I give up.
0: Can't work in these conditions. Right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we just wanted to remind you to, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at pndtalks. Everything that we reference today, be it articles, stories, interviews, or videos, You can find links to those in our description on Instagram, and we will also have video clips as posts as well. So like I said, if you aren't following yet, be sure to start following and you can find all the stuff we're referencing on there.
2: Definitely go check that stuff out. On our fourth episode, we're beginning to hit our stride and enjoying working on these podcasts every month. Again, thanks for your loyalty
3: and enjoy this episode.
0: And as always, remember to share, like, and
3: subscribe. Thanks. Oakland
4: 31, Seattle uh, 13, Afrec. Oakland 31. AFRAC, number 155, Seattle Lima level 4-3, wrong way. That's for your Do you know when, uh, that Go target ahead. south of the boundary there, that 0027 code moving very fast at 37,000? Oh, look at that thing. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. Huh. Um, and you don't have anything on him, huh? I got nothing. Well, we'll look. West said 1698. No, the WestJet 1698 is about. He is at 370, and that dude is, uh, oh, 150 miles to the north um, of him. Let me. I'll I'll flash to that damn block. There you go. There's there's where WestJet is. Okay, I
1: see him up there. That's uh, that's
4: crazy. That's fascinating. Yeah, all right. I'll report that. Thanks. Okay. Oakland 31 or
5: 36. Well, I'm at. This is, uh, Sector 36. Um, we had a target come through our airspace going really fast. Um, at level 370 earlier, an intruder, C intruder, um, going southbound. And then now, apparently, the Southwest 4712 sees an aircraft off his right side about at one o'clock and ten miles going northbound at 370. We don't have anything on radar anymore or uh, anything like that.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I just have yeah. my primaries on, I don't...
5: And we don't see any primaries or anything things, either. But,
1: uh, I will... Okay, yeah. That just to let you know, and our
5: supervisors are calling all the appropriate people, so...
1: And, uh, does it's... he have any idea
5: what kind of aircraft it is? No, we've asked him, okay. and he doesn't. He said it's about his 1 to 2 o'clock and 10 miles off his right side now, so... Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks. Sure.
4: Whoa! <laughs> they do
2: exist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's not jump to conclusions, Xavier. Geez, let's look at the evidence.
2: This is a cool topic, but when you first brought it to my attention, it was an aliens thing, and we were going to talk about aliens. For me, I think before we get to aliens, maybe we just need to address the fact that there's at least something out there that we don't know what the hell it is. Yeah, and a lot of the information and videos and stuff that we'll be sharing this episode we we'll actually get to that point, just like the video that we listened to. Right. I mean, you can't stress enough that this is FAA audio.
0: Released only by that of a Freedom of Information Act request. It wasn't publicly available. This says straight from the government, unaltered, untampered with evidence, with a chain of custody documentation to it.
2: So it's not just some random guy who's exactly. been drinking too much alcohol.
0: Exactly. Making some cool video that sounds like it's legit. It is the real deal.
2: And essentially, what we have here we have fighter pilots, right? People who are flying F. F- so that was actually just commercial pilots. So those are commercial pilots. So right. people that fly me and you from New York to right. Orlando, or yeah. so just like a
0: Southwest flight. pilot, um, Alaskan Air pilot. There's a few other,
2: and they see something yep. on their radar. Mm-hmm. that they have no idea what it is and mm-hmm. it's moving at a very fast pace. Correct. And so they're talking to air traffic control and trying to figure out what is this thing that I'm seeing on my radar and they have no idea either. Exactly. So essentially what we have here is ET on a broom. No, ET was in a basket, not a broom, right? Exactly. <laughs>
0: okay. In a basket on a basketball. In a so, basket on a basket or on a basketball <laughs> on a bike.
2: <laughs> so that's what that's essentially what this means, right? ET is out there
0: something's out there something's out there we you know and we're gonna get into it but there's something that does things with craft that we don't know how to do out there right I don't know I like to think it's aliens but if you really want to get me into it it could be potentially some time travel ship us in the future who knows we don't know what it is
2: I've always been on the fence when it comes to this kind of stuff meaning I always need proof I always need to have something clear, concise in front of my face. Right. So when asked, do I believe in aliens? Sure, there's a possibility. Exactly. However, I've never had any true evidence that I've seen that convinces me that they're big-, quote, big little eyed, green men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're little right. green men, big-eyed, round-head, gray-skinned right. type of thing. But this, this is different because it expresses that at minimum, there are some unexplained events that are happening a lot. Yes, that our government is aware of, very aware of, and there's some people in our government who have programs who have all these extra things going on that yeah, they're like doing, like the DOD,
0: like the <laughs> DOD,
2: <laughs> that we don't seem to be too concerned about. Actually seeing these videos help pique my interest into, hmm, there is something out there that is unexplained. What is it? And why aren't we caring more about it? What are the benefits? What are the dangers? This is something that we should know more about.
0: We should all have an opinion on it. It is so profound, the implications of what it could be, that we should all be aware and at least curious about what it is.
4: to Yeah, how are
1: you doing? It's hey, how's it going? Good. It's, um, we just had a, a weird thing to happen, kind
4: of... Uh, 37,000 feet. Yeah. Coming to you. It's a real aircraft, but nobody knows who it is. Really? It's been reported by the pilot right behind them. Really? Yeah. And the target's been jumping around, but we have no code, no nothing. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was just going to call you and tell you that...
1: There could be a plane that's at thirty seven yeah so so the other so another aircraft actually visually saw it,
4: correct, okay,
1: all right well that's that's getting even stranger. I was thinking that as I was talking to our s o c guys and um in October
0: of twenty seventeen over the skies of the Pacific Northwest, multiple commercial pilots identified a quote intruder in their airspace. The object was first picked up on the ground by the FAA, on radar moving at very high speeds, and then dropped off the radar entirely, as if it just disappeared. Soon thereafter, after it had disappeared, pilots in that area began to phone in to the FAA, saying there was something weird in their airspace, some sort of aircraft. The aircraft was first seen going south and then turning to go north. The object did not have any transponder for identification and wouldn't respond to any sort of radio calls. Additionally, all radio and anti-collision equipment, or TCAS, on board the multiple commercial flights failed to pick up said object. Hi, it's
5: Um, So are you listening to any of this, or the Sector 14, they're actually talking about Southwest 4712. He actually has visual on an aircraft that he estimates about 37,000.
1: Which airplane Southwest visual?
5: 4712.
1: Yeah.
5: He has visual on an airplane, and I, we don't even see him on a primary.
1: And torn northbound. Yeah. What kind of... Do you have any other information?
5: He's working on getting a mileage and description out of him right now, but uh, Oakland just called, and they said they've already called the den on this. Oh, they did, okay. So... Okay. Um, I'll just let you know if I hear anything else.
1: Okay.
5: All right. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Bye. Not long after the incident unfolded, the FAA engaged the military's Domestic Events Network, or DEN, looping in the Western Air Defense, WADS, and NORAD.
5: So, um, but they're wanting us to call WADS on it. that's what Oakland just called me and said that they were working with WADS, and so they're wanting us to call them
3: now.
5: Okay. Um, Okay, we'll do that. Okay.
1: All right, bye. Seattle Center Operation. Hey, sir, this is... Yes. Hey, so uh, are you right in on the uh, situation with the... uh, Yeah, I was just just on the the WADS phone. So, and I was just telling them, United 612, I don't know if you're painting him, it's off its 3 o'clock position, about 10 or 15 miles is the aircraft at 370... The military soon thereafter sent F-15 fighter jets
0: scrambling to try and track the object and identify what it was. The scrambling jets had recently been upgraded with the most sophisticated tracking equipment on the market today. However, upon arriving in the airspace, there was nothing to be found.
1: He's basically a beam United. It seems, and United said he seems to be tracking about the same speed.
5: No aircraft type.
1: No, they, it's, just a dis, um, it's just at a distance away that they can't really make it out. Just a white aircraft with no markings.
0: Okay. Yeah, because we're going to be... When we have our the incident, incident occurred uh, over a 30-minute period, with pilots unable to identify an aircraft type, any markings of any kind, or provide any discernible details about said craft. Except that it was a fast craft, a white craft, and it was not being picked up on any of their radar or tracking equipment.
4: Was it going southbound though, not northbound? Southbound, and then it did an abrupt maneuver and just took off northbound. So we're like, what? He he was southbound, yeah, we saw him. Now he's northbound. Weird. Yeah, so this is, I was just watching the Falcon, and then uh, I'll have somebody that's more techie take a look at the ERAM playback in the morning, but that's just gonna show the data. Right. It won't be synced up to voice, so. Okay. And somebody else is going to go through this, I have a feeling, with a fine-tooth comb, so. Yeah.
0: Okay. Following the incident, FAA investigators are talking yeah, to all the pilots.
1: Ready.
4: This is uh captain on the 4712 Southwest flight.
1: So, a bit of an unusual night here yep. for us.
4: So, yeah, a, a, unusual night for you and for me. I've never, in uh, all my years of flying jets, which is coming up on 30 years, I've never had anybody y'all weren't talking to.
1: Yeah, really strange. We weren't painting them on radar or anything either. So, um,
4: did, uh, did y'all have time to scramble anybody to go take a beat?
1: Yeah. Oh. Yep.
4: And can, can you share any of those details?
1: Well, the the issue was that by the time we got there, you guys were already descending. So you know now, now we we don't know what we're looking for with the fighters, right? So
4: they didn't uh, see what we were looking at. You know, it, it, and that's crazy because you know if it was like um, a Lear type airframe, probably would not have seen it this clear. This was a white airplane, and it was it was big.
1: So it was a larger
4: aircraft then. It was a larger aircraft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I would say the closest we got when we first, when the control, Oakland, uh, gave us the first call, he said, hey, we, I had somebody come up at 37,000 feet at your one o'clock and converging, and, uh, he goes, but he's not on my radar anymore, uh, you know, just can you take a look out there, and we're like, yeah, we see him, he's like, you see something? And then that's what it kind of started, you know, we're not talking to him, we don't know who he is. And uh, and then we watched them, I mean, from Northern California, Oakland Center, all the way till, you know, the descent, so probably a good 15, 15 minutes or so. It's
2: almost annoying that I don't know how to stress how weird this is, how concerned we should be, and not necessarily concerned because of there's danger, but concerned because there's so much unexplained activity going out there. And not only that, but we have the possibility to know more because so much of this is gaining traction lately and being reported Mm -hmm. by legitimate news sources Right. Because it's legitimate in the sense that our top government agencies have been involved in all of this stuff. But yet us socially and culturally, beyond thinking about UFOs and aliens as cartoonish little green men, Mm -hmm. again, we don't think about it necessarily in the sense of unexplained phenomena, unexplained activity that's consistent enough
0: for us to be concerned about it, right? Yeah, and that's exactly it. And this is not an anomaly. You are just as likely to see in a UFO as a pilot in the air as you are to hit a bird mid-flight. It's really not that rare. It's like ten percent of all pilots will experience this in their lifetime.
2: Ten percent of all pilots have killed a bird.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Or ten percent of pilots have been brought down by birds. Nature fights back.
2: (laughs) When nature fights back,
0: so I mean, point being is this isn't some hocus pocus nonsense bullshit. This is the real deal. This is there are things happening out there that the military, FAA, commercial pilots cannot explain. This is not some random solar gas or what do they call swamp gas or or refractions of the solar flares in the atmosphere. Sounds very illuminati to me, Matt. A lot of that stuff you just said sound real flat. <laughs> I'm gonna try real hard not to get into my conspiracy theories because we're sticking to the evidence today, and the this evidence. is all hard evidence. This audio recordings that we're listening to have chains of custody showing where all this information came from, detailing the hands that it is exchanged to show and prove its authenticity via the federal government.
2: And I'm glad that's where we could find a really good middle ground. And I think that's what makes this so amazing because I am a skeptic. Absolutely. And you maybe describe yourself in a lot of ways a believer. Right. And when we say that of aliens, Mm -hmm. so the step beyond UFO, meaning that there's something identified out there, the next step being there is Aliens or creatures or something. An intelligent controlling, something controlling. An intelligent something controlling this. So I'm a skeptic in that sense, but you're a believer in that sense. So mm-hmm. the middle ground is the fact that there is something out there that is unexplained. We have the evidence. We have the proof. We actually have government officials who admit to it and say, yes, actually there is a lot of unexplained stuff out there happening. Mm-hmm. So it's not even that it's, debatable anymore whether something's there something's there it's there yeah the next step is what is it investigating to understand and investigate what it is right but that's where your average american citizen that's where your average world citizen will say turns off (laughs) the switch
0: yeah absolutely that's crazy While we were preparing this episode, a second request for additional information regarding an incident involving the FAA and commercial pilots was released on March 9th, where it was shown that a pilot over the skies of Arizona observed some sort of unidentified flying object fly over him, over his cockpit and over his airplane. Didn't see it on radar. He then asked FAA if they saw anything on radar, but they didn't. They voiced the second airplane behind the first one, told them to check and see if they saw anything coming. Moments later, they voice back in. Yep, we just saw something fly over us. Ultimately, no final conclusion as to what it was was never seen on radar, but something was definitely there.
1: Albuquerque,
4: seven one Papa Golf.
1: Number seven one Papa Golf, good.
4: And there was anybody uh above us that passed us like 30 seconds ago.
1: Number seven one Papa Golf, negative.
4: Okay. Top this. A UFO. Yeah. American 1095, uh, 34.5, minus three, seven zero.
1: American 1095, Albuquerque Center. American uh, 1095, uh, let me know if uh, you see anything pass over you here in the next uh, fifteen miles. You know if anything passes over? American 1095, affirmative. We had an aircraft in front of you that's uh, 37 that reported something pass over him, and uh, we didn't have any targets. So, just uh, let me know if you see anything pass over you.
4: I don't know what it was, it wasn't an airplane, but it was, the path was going the opposite direction. It's American 1095, yeah, something just passed over, so uh, like a, I don't know what it was, but it's at least 2,000, 3,000 feet above us, so yeah, it passed right over the top of
1: us. Okay, American 1095, thank you. American 1095, can you tell if it was uh, in motion or just uh, hovering? Make it out, whether it
4: was a balloon or whatnot, but it was just really either flight or... So I had a big reflection on it several thousand feet above us going opposite directions. Hey, Roger. Was it a Google balloon? UFO.
0: Now, in addition to the newly released audio recordings of the FAA reacting to UFOs in the airspace of commercial pilots and airlines, The U.S. government, in partnership with To The Stars Academy, has also started to release their own hard, verifiable evidence showcasing their own run-ins with what they call Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, or UAP. The video footage taken aboard fighter jets, along with the associated official military reports, and the chain of custody documentation released by the U.S. government begin to paint a picture that encounters with UAP aren't as anomalous as we're led to believe. Now, before we play this declassified radio traffic of these pilots communicating during these separate UFO incidents, understand that these fighter pilots are highly trained in observing and identifying aerial phenomenon. When identifying craft, they look for things like wings and fairings. They look for propulsion systems like propellers or jet engines and the associated exhaust. They look at the craft size, maneuverability, speeds and velocities, all to help paint a picture as to what the possible target could be. They can identify everything from a cruise missile to assess the prop plane and weather balloons, as well as a flock of birds. They are among the best in the world at identifying phenomenon known to operate in the air. The fact that they are utterly confused as to what they're looking at should not be taken lightly.
1: Dude, this is a fucking
0: drone, bro. There's a whole fleet of them, look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind, the wind's 120 knots to the west. Hey, dude.
3: That's not on us though, is it? It's not. on us, Well, if there's like oh, a... Yeah. The thing! It's rotating.
5: Oh!
4: God. <laughs> Roger, uh, shooting, shooting, guess, is a, uh, no. uh, Can you box moving target?
0: No, I took an auto track. Oh, uh, okay. Oh
4: my gosh, dude. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Man,
0: Following the release of these recordings, experts have weighed in and highlighted why some of the key findings showcase why these encounters don't make any sense, scientifically
3: or technologically. When he tells you he's seen something go from a near hover or something that is over the water going at four hundred and fifty knots and all of a sudden takes off the horizon in two seconds. You better believe what he's telling you, he's, he's seen. And by the way, that's backed up by three other individuals that were also on that same flight in, in two aircraft. And then later by the radar operators, and then later by two more F-18s afterwards. It frustrates me because people say, well, that's just IR glare. That's IR fuzz, you know? <laughs> that's an atmospheric condition. A bug on the windshield. Right, I said, look, atmospheric conditions, you cannot lock a radar onto. So I'm sorry, it's not atmospheric. That's Luis
0: Elizondo, former director, of the Pentagon's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP for short.
3: My job in the government at the time, really with regarding ATIP was to twofold, to to determine what it was and how it worked. Um, Not really focusing on, as I said before, who's behind the steering wheel or their intent. I figured if we can answer at least those two first things, everything else we'll be able to explain later.
0: Elizondo oversaw the release of these two recently declassified video recordings of fighter jets tracking UFOs in their airspace. He also oversaw the release of a third UFO encounter involving fighter jets. This time off the coast of San Diego in 2004, three fighter jets were training when their commander instructed them to investigate an intruder in their airspace. Upon arriving, they observed a 50-foot tic-tac-like shaped object hovering over the water. Upon engaging, it began to do things that, to say the least, surprised the pilots
3: sudden and extreme acceleration, hypersonic velocities, low observability, uh, uh, transmedium travel, and, and, and last but not least, positive lift or you know, anti-gravity. If this was a Tic Tac that we saw in 2004, that would have been extremely advanced technology and capabilities for 2004, I think everybody would agree. It's, it's extreme, it, it is considered extreme exotic technology today, let alone in 2004. But these observations match with previous observations going well before that. As I said before, if this was a court of law, we are beyond reasonable doubt.
0: In a separate but candid interview, Elizondo has pressed on the potential for extraterrestrials operating the craft.
3: The question is, do they come from outer space, inner space, or the space in between? I don't know. Um, I have my own personal opinions about it but it would be very misleading um, to give you those opinions because in the end, we don't have enough data. Um, It would be great if we could point our finger and say, ah, it was the Russians or the Chinese or someone else. The problem is that the data that we're seeing, we've been seeing for a while, and it's so advanced that by now, um, it is hard enough for us now to replicate our observations uh, with our understanding of, of quantum mechanics but for this type of technology to be available when we first started seeing it i think is beyond improbable Um, i'm not going to say impossible but it is really 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 unlikely so that leads then to the next question well if it's not ours and it's not theirs then whose is it i don't know whose it is we don't know whose they belong to we don't know who they are or what they are but we know that they're real So I I would submit to you that because of that, we need to continue to explore. We need to continue asking the hard questions.
0: Now, of course, no self-respecting journalist would have a conversation with this guy without asking about the potential threat of these craft.
3: No outward aggression, uh, but please allow me a moment to provide you a very um, a rudimentary analogy. Um, I think most most people, well, not all, but most people would agree that locking your front door is probably a good idea uh, to do before you go to bed at night. So most people do. And it's not that they expect something bad to happen, but we do it as a precaution. And so imagine every night now you lock your front door, you go ahead and you secure your windows, and you lock your windows, and then right before you go to bed, you go to your keypad, you punch in your keypad, and now your house, the alarm is armed, and everything is secure. But for some reason, every morning you wake up, you go downstairs to have your coffee, you look in your living room, and there's muddy boot prints in your living room, and they're not your boot prints. Now, nothing's been taken from your house, no one's been injured or harmed, and nothing is out of place. And yet, here you go every night, locking your front doors, You secure your windows and you you turn on your alarm, and yet still these muddy blueprints continue to show up day after day. So the question is, how do they get there? The question is, is it a threat? Um, Well, I think you have to presume it could be a threat until you're sure it's not a threat. And that was my job when I was in the Department of Defense was to make sure things were not a threat. And until I could prove they were not, I had to make the presumption that they could be
0: one thing is clear during his interviews he takes a concerted amount of time to emphasize the authenticity of ufos
3: sad to say that um i've been doing this for long enough where uh, we have a lot of compelling information and data and and documentation eyewitness testimony and there is still for some reason this this hesitation this 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 blockage that prevents people from having an open and honest dialogue and conversation about, about the phenomena. From my perspective, that's actually more troubling than the phenomena itself. I think if you were to take this issue that we've seen coming into our airspace or the airspace we control that has maybe a, a Russian f- star on the tail or has North Korean tail numbers, I think people would have a much different reaction and response because there's something we can identify and say that is in our airspace and shouldn't be here, you DOD, you CIA, you DHS, have the responsibility of protecting us. How did this happen? And yet, here we have that same scenario, but there are no flags and tail numbers on the tail. In fact, there may not even be a tail on some of these things, Um, and yet it's crickets. Nobody wants to have the conversation. I think the best way to have the conversation is having it where we allow the science and the data to speak for itself. Um, Opinions, suppositions uh, aren't overly helpful. In the end, it doesn't matter what me, Luis Elizondo, thinks. What matters is what the, what the data says, and then you formulate your own opinion. And I think that is the strength, and when we're using the, the scientific method, um, it is imperative that we, we, we strictly adhere to those rules.
0: And lastly, Luis Elizondo discusses what we individual citizens can do to push this conversation forward.
3: I think we need to engage our leaders. I think we need to engage those individuals who we put in office to represent us and our equities and our interests. And we need to let them know it's okay to have the conversation. Uh, it's okay to support things like Harry Reid and Senator Stevens in any way did and uh, and and have the courage to ask the hard questions and pursue doggedly the things that we don't understand. In fact, I think that is one of our, our sacred missions um, as mankind is to pursue those 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 deep dark recesses that that we have a hard time understanding and a hard time reaching i think it's in our nature i think it's in our spirit and i think it's in our dna and so i would encourage everybody to reach out to their elected officials and and uh, keep asking the hard questions insist that the truth be made public
0: and so there's a number of things about these objects that just simply don't make sense
2: the objects that they're seeing in the radars right Mm -hmm.
0: and infrared cameras yep
2: And what are some of those things? So they don't have wings. I don't have wings.
0: Yeah, but you don't fly. So (laughs) generally how we fly are with wings to create lift, to move an object up high and low pressure pushes them up. So to not have propellers to, you know, generate the lift. Like those are also, you know, wings. Essentially, we don't know how to fly objects. Even the most advanced drones in the world use wings.
2: And these pilots are able to tell that these crafts don't have wings or propellers by looking at the radar, or are they actually able to see them visually? They can see them visually. They're on the—I mean, you can see what the object look like. And they're using some type of, like, infrared cameras or something? They're using okay. infrared, yeah. they see in the camera that the object doesn't have— any type of discernible wings or propellers or anything right. that would no be exhaust, able to provide it any sort of movement yeah. to essentially be able to fly so it's flying without any type of technology that we understand correct helps stuff
0: fly right so also like you said no propulsion system no engine to push it up and down it travels at speeds faster than the speed of sound or five times the faster speed of sound which is mach 5 and that's when you would conventionally when you hit that point you break the sound barrier and you have a sonic boom. These objects don't do that. They can go super fast and not disturb anything around it.
2: Right. And in that sense, it would make it some type of unidentified flying object. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me that ET is out there on the broom. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, so the point is that, you know, we can debate aliens and all that type of stuff, but this is pretty clear, concise, conclusive evidence that there is unidentified aerial phenomena because the video's real from military pilot. They don't know what it is. They're trained to know what it is there's video of it you can watch and listen to it yourself where do we go from here it, i think that just breaks it down to the point of what we're trying to get across is the
0: idea that there's something out there that we it, do yeah not, yeah
2: i mean to that additional. what is the argument to that i mean what, yeah. what do people you know what 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 else do you want
0: <laughs> to, i don't know, you know yeah people so, are just i mean i get everywhere. that Yeah, they know. just don't give it the time i guess people a lot of times yeah. don't see this evidence yeah
2: so. Yeah. but I think it's it's interesting evidence. So, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So no wings, no propellers, no propulsion system. What else makes these objects unique?
0: Extreme maneuverability, startling changes in speed. So ultimately, I mean, they have a they have like a a, f- a final conclusive statement in the report where they basically say, you know, this is beyond the next generation. It is not whether you know we can defy gravity or not. It's it's not a matter of if we can, but a matter of how we can. Because clearly, all these objects are doing all these crazy things. They are hard objects. They they have edges. They they are real objects that are doing these things. And so, basically, they're like yeah, things that you would otherwise think are science fiction aren't so science fiction. I mean, trying to you know nail home how profound this this really is.
2: Yeah. And then also, I mean, have you, have you looked into possible answers? Or is it just simply the fact that if anyone would have the answer, it would be the military, the government?
0: Yeah, they, exactly. And
2: they have all they've conclusively spent, They've already said, spent
0: billions of dollars on this stuff. Yeah. They know things. They just haven't yeah. disclosed
1: it.
2: And, and, and they themselves have already said that they don't know. what it is. It wasn't a malfunction in the radar. It wasn't um, a reflection of a XYZ. They don't know what it was. It was definitely something. Exactly. But they don't know what it was.
0: So now we've got hard evidence from the FAA claiming they have observed UFOs in their airspace. We've got official military recordings and audio recordings of incidents unfolding with UFO, with likely 24 more coming out this year. We now have the acknowledgement of the US government via the DOD that they are actively tracking, observing, and studying unidentified aerial phenomenon. What else is there? There's also an extensive paper trail giving legitimacy to this phenomenon. There is a plethora of declassified documents and reports that take the idea of UFOs as no laughing matter. Now, we're not going to go into detail about all of these reports, but there is a trend of disc-shaped objects or even bright lights flying around at extreme speeds even hovering around military bases and missile launch base facilities, even sometimes deactivating said missile systems. These sorts of encounters are occurring up until this day and in addition, official government documentation has shown that the CIA has kept exhaustive records on almost every military and civilian UFO sighting documented. Now here's a quick list of some of the declassified documents referencing UFOs that you can find online today the 1947 Twinning Memo, the 1949 FBI Memo to Hoover, the 1951 U.S. Air Force Intelligence Report to Joint Chiefs of Staff, the 1967 Malestrom Air Force Base Incident, 1976 Encounter over Tehran Report, 1981 Halt Memo, 1989 UFOs over Belgium. And that's hardly an exhaustive list. Other countries have also released formal white papers, reports, and documents regarding the phenomenon as well. For example, the 1999 French Cometa Report, put together by 13 retired generals, scientists, and space experts working independently from the French government, in which they acknowledged the existence of unidentified flying objects. They stated them as solid but still unexplained objects in the sky that constitute a real phenomenon warranting immediate international attention. In the Cometa report, the leading experts with their associated teams presented each of their cases skeptically. They systematically eliminated all conventional explanations of something natural or man-made. And yet, these objects were observed at close ranges by pilots. They were tracked on radar, and they were systematically photographed. The objects in each of these cases showcased tremendous speeds and accelerations. They made sharp 90-degree turns they could stop on a dime and stand still mid-air seemingly defying the laws of physics as we know them in the 90 page report the authors explain that among all sightings 5% of them have sufficient documentation and evidence to eliminate any earthly source such as a secret military exercise or secretive weapons or a natural phenomenon these 5% seem to be and i quote completely unknown flying machines with exceptional performances that are guided by either natural or artificial intelligence. They even conclude that the most logical explanation for these sorts of craft are that of the extraterrestrial hypothesis. And yes, guys, this is not science fiction. This is reality. This is happening over our heads in the skies above us every single day, all across the world. The authors of this report are made up of nonetheless than a four-star general, a three-star admiral, a major general, and the former head of the French NASA equivalent space program. Other contributors included French military officers, engineers, scientists, and a national chief of police, which headed up the French government's agency tasked with studying the phenomenon. In addition to this massive paper trail, reports and documents that have been released to the public, there have also been countless comments and mentions of the reality of UFOs and extraterrestrials among many high-ranking military and government personnel around the world. Now, we don't know the complete context to which these comments were made, but nonetheless, they were made in an authentic and non-joking manner and perhaps deserve further consideration. This includes such people as former Senator Barry Goldwater, the former chairman of the Senate Intel Committee. He's quoted as saying, This thing has gotten so highly classified, it's just impossible to get anything on it. I have no idea who controls the flow of, quote, need to know because frankly, I was told in such an emphatic way that it was none of my business that I've never tried to make it any of my business since. I've been interested in the subject for a long time and I do know that whatever the Air Force has on the subject is going to remain highly classified, end quote. And all I'm gonna say there is, if it's not real, why is it so highly classified? Brian O'Leary, former NASA astronaut and Princeton physics professor, He's quoted as saying, there is abundant evidence that we are being contacted, that civilizations have been visiting us for a very long time, and that their appearance is bizarre from any type of traditional materialistic Western point of view. Mr. Roscoe Hillenkoter, former director of the CIA in the 1960s. He's quoted as saying, behind the scenes, high-ranking Air Force officers are soberly concerned about the UFOs, but through official secrecy and ridicule, Many citizens are led to believe the unknown flying object phenomenon is nonsense. Other comments come by way of former astronauts, Gordon Cooper, Edgar Mitchell, and Senator John Glenn. Mr. Ben Rich, former senior engineer from Lockheed Martin and former director of Lockheed Martin's Advanced Aerospace Technology Division, Skunk Works. Cosmonaut, Viktor Ivanasev. former speaker of the house, John McCormick, Canada's former Minister of National Defense Paul Hellier, former Presidents Ronald Reagan, Harry Truman, Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford, Richard Nixon, the former Soviet Union leader Mikhail Gorbachev, and John Podesta, the former Chief of Staff under President Clinton, White House advisor to Obama, and campaign manager for Hillary Clinton. John, while serving in official capacity for the Obama administration, wrote the foreword for a book published in 2010 called UFOs, Generals, Pilots, and Government Officials Go on the Record. Should you want to learn even more detail of other military personnel's experiences with UFOs, definitely check that book out. It is nothing short of mind-blowing. include this presentation of evidence. I want to showcase one last tidbit of information to present the idea that perhaps the government knows even more than what we've discussed today. Now, it's pretty common with classified information for the government to break up related intel into different silos of intel channels, never giving any one person or group of people all the information. It's a security measure. So it wouldn't be, forgive the pun, out of this world to say that the Pentagon's program TIP wasn't quote in the need to know regarding biological information we have on the potential pilots of said unidentified flying objects. It allows for plausible deniability and further protects classified or sensitive information. In the height of the 2016 U.S. presidential campaign, WikiLeaks acquired and released a complete cachet of John Podesta's emails. It was mainly emails between him and political strategists discussing the campaign and other political mamma But there was one thread in particular that caught the eyes of ufologists across the world. It was an email exchange with Edgar Mitchell, the former NASA Apollo 14 astronaut. It occurred while John Podesta was working in a formal capacity as an advisor to the Obama administration. In the email, Edgar Mitchell is encouraging John Podesta to advocate to President Obama to support a treaty that would prevent the placement of weapons based in space. The email reads, Dear John, because the war in space race is heating up, that meaning governments are trying to expand their capabilities to uh, place weapons in space, I felt you should be aware of several factors as you and I schedule our Skype talk. Remember." Our nonviolent ETI, or extraterrestrial intelligence, from the contiguous universe are helping us bring zero point energy to Earth. They will not tolerate any forms of military violence on Earth or in space. The email continues with some links for John to read prior to their meeting and two attachments. The first attachment is the treaty itself, and the second, a 25 page document of talking points for John to share with President Obama. In this attachment, which you can find online, includes contents regarding something called cosmic cultures, aka extraterrestrials, and indigenous cultures, aka humans. Here's what it says about cosmic cultures that, if true, push forward fairly profound implications. This treaty is the first treaty that acknowledges the cosmic cultures and the indigenous cultures as being parties to the treaty. It acknowledges the highest of truths in our time for our time. This treaty that will ban all space-based weapons. There is zero evidence that cosmic cultures are hostile. None of them are hostile. That lie will and often is spread by authors and producers, speakers and politicians as jokes and to push fear of the subject. The beings from other cultures have shown us and proven that they are not here to harm us in any way. The cosmic cultures have shown what they are capable of doing. For example, they have shown that they can shut down our missiles, but that they do not attack, harm, control, threaten, or even get in the way of any of our planes or technology in space. It is time for humans to let go of fear about this issue. There is no threat to humanity Credentialed military officers, government representatives, pilots, scientific, corporate and other experts have testified and confirmed that the cosmos cultures are real and that they come in peace. That it is time we humans need to find out more truths, including about free energy and health issues of our bodies and our environment that they can share once we officially invite them in. There is technology today that makes it possible to know about everything that is in space. Space Space-age technology and information exists today that can observe everything on Earth and in space. The relationships with cosmic cultures forthcoming are going to awaken humanity regarding, quote, who we really are in the universe and how we can live healthy and heal our garden planet. The truth about who we really are in these bodies will finally be revealed when the cosmos cultures can be invited to land safely on our planet so they can share information that is also vitally important to our survival. So, whether you think there might be some truth to this statement that I just read or not, you can see that the UFO phenomenon is only the surface of a very mysterious topic that the government likely has a lot
4: more information on. They're just not sharing it. The basic
0: scientific precept, Occam's razor, states, All things being equal, the simplest explanation tends to be the right one. This is commonly used as an argument against the idea of extraterrestrials, or at least UFOs, being present in our world today. But let me raise this question to you. In light of everything that we've discussed today, which of the following situations is a greater leap of faith? All of the thousands of encounters many among highly trained military personnel, commercial pilots, astronauts, and four-star generals all had a brief psychotic episode. Many dozens of high-ranking government officials go on the record to push some hoax UFO campaign to put their highly respected credibility on the line. Official programs are created spending millions upon billions of dollars, all to perpetuate a bold-faced lie while simultaneously trying really hard to keep it secret. Or is it simply that aliens exist, they are here
3: today, and we are very much aware of them? You decide.
4: To wrap up everything we've discussed today, be it briefly,
0: we know there are government programs tracking and studying UFOs. We know commercial and military pilots see them pretty frequently. We have formal government reports detailing incidents with them. There are numerous verified encounters with these craft from essentially every country across the planet, as well as over the ocean. We have high-ranking government officials going on the record to say that there is something going on that we don't fully understand. Something highly sophisticated that is something not natural nor man-made. And perhaps the biggest bombshell of all is that there is a high potential that the government knows even more than just that. The point of today's conversation was not to prove once and for all that aliens or UFOs exist. There's plenty of evidence out there, should you want to learn more, that makes that case for us, especially as it relates to UFOs. The true point of today's episode was to show just a sliver of the truly compelling evidence, so we can confidently say together that it's time we stop subjecting this conversation to the dark conspiracy theory corners of the internet. It is a real phenomenon that warrants the significant attention from the mainstream science, technology, government, and media realms. It is time we as a species take attention to this reality and take the evidence seriously and demand full disclosure on all the knowledge the world governments have on this fascinating topic. So, with the information we have, we know there are more advanced somethings operating in our world today. They have the capacity to travel at speeds we thought not possible. They are utilizing technologies that we don't have, or even understand for that matter. With that knowledge, would you like the government to tell you more if they have more information on it? Do you think you can handle it? Do you think it will bring us together or tear us apart as a species? I don't know the answer to all those questions, but I can tell you this. In the turn of the century, in the late 1800s, in the early 1900s, There was a profound and overwhelming excitement everywhere. But not like the excitement of today. The human species had just harnessed the power of electricity. They had invented the wireless telegraph, the x-ray, motor vehicles and airplanes. Modern medicine and chemistry were making profound advancements every frickin' year. Henry Brooks Adams, an American author and historian, in observing the progressive acceleration of his time, wrote in 1900, that quote: "The new American, the child of incalculable coal power, chemical power, electric power and radiating energy, as well as new forces yet undetermined, must be a sort of God compared with any former creation of nature. At the rate of progress since 1800, every American who lives in year 2000 will know how to control unlimited power." End quote." Now think about the overwhelming excitement of today. What do you think a historian would predict for us in year 2100? Perhaps not as optimistic as we'd like. But what if we were to awaken to the reality of extraterrestrials, with the solutions to not only solve our existential crises, but to show us that there is potentially a different way of life? That reality should rock us to our very core. We should want to know everything about it. How the heck did these more advanced somethings get here? How are they surviving? What are they eating? How are they traveling billions of miles? What's their fuel source? What else can they do? How long have they been here? Do they have records of us at ancient times? Can they show us pictures of dinosaurs or ancient Egypt in its heyday? What does it mean for us? Our beginnings, our understandings of each other. How can they help us? How can we maybe help them? The questions and curiosities should be infinite. Yet, thanks to popular culture, we're led to believe that it's science fiction when it is in fact not. Opening up to the reality that there are in fact more advanced somethings in our world today would also show that we humans are far more similar than we are different, and at a time when we're increasingly faced with the political arguments of them versus us, it could reawaken our eternal brotherhood that ties us all together. Just as there was a shared sense of awe across the world when man first landed on the moon, we could all reinvigorate our inherent desire to explore, learn, and make sense of us and our place in this universe. Now, we must also understand that the government does not own the truth, nor do they have the authority to tell us what the truth is. The US government is supposed to be by the people for the people, and thus it is not the place of the government or any government to decide what truths to disclose and what truths to not. 2017 was the year everything changed hard evidence was released. The call for disclosure is growing. This is the story of our lifetime, and it's unfolding before our very eyes. Petitions have been filed across all major countries, as well as at the UN, to disclose all information we have on this fascinating topic. This will shift our paradigm like nothing has before. You owe it to yourself to be informed, and maybe even sign one of those petitions, regardless We must all work to shift this conversation of extraterrestrials and UFOs from something that's looked at as nonsense or science fiction, to something that is a legitimate question that we citizens of the earth deserve answers on. We all must take time to look at the evidence, think about it, develop our thoughts on the matter, and share those thoughts with our friends, family, and maybe even our elected representatives. The only way we're gonna get answers on this topic is if we demand them. So with that, Xavier and I don't have all the answers, but we will continue to try and make sense of this rapidly changing world around us. Until next time, guys, I'm Maddie Mo, and
3: you're listening to Pennies, Nickels, and Dimes.